0: James chapter 1, and this morning we're going to begin reading uh, with verse number 12. The Bible says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James said in verse 12 again, blessed is the man who endures temptation. This morning I want to talk to you from the subject overcoming temptation. Overcoming temptation. Father, I just pray today, Lord, again that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you will use me today as your mouthpiece. Lord, let me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit uh, as we go through this message today. And God, I pray for everyone here today. Lord, give us ears on our heart today. But God, help us not just be hearers this morning. But God, may we put into practice, Lord, what we receive and what we hear today. All for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. James said in our text that everyone is tempted. See, the question is not, will I be tempted? But the question is, when will I be tempted? Another question is, how will I be tempted? And the question I want us to try and answer today is, how can I overcome temptation?" So let me give you six keys this morning, six keys to overcoming temptation. Let me remind you that on the back of your bulletin is fill in the blank notes that will help you follow along, give you something to take home with. I also want to remind you that you can get on our website and get all of the sermons. So if you're out of town or you're sick or you miss or you need to hear something again, you can get on the website and and the sermons are are there. So let let me give you six keys this morning, six keys to overcoming temptation. Temptation. The first thing that you need to do this morning is you need to abandon wrong thinking. Abandon wrong thinking. You see, some people are, are, are defeated before, they, before they, are, they, they are even presented with temptation because of wrong thinking in this area uh, of temptation. Let, let me clear the air this morning. Let me clear the air on, on temptation. Let, let me give you four examples of wrong thinking in the area of temptation. Number one, and that is that, that temptation is sin. Amen. For whatever reason, some people have wrong thinking in the area of temptation, and they think that because they are tempted, because of temptation, they think they have sinned. No, that's wrong thinking. The, temptation is not sin. The Bible says that Jesus was perfect. It also tells us that that even though Jesus was perfect, yet he was tempted. Another thing that a lot of people think is wrong, and it is wrong thinking is, and that is that God is disappointed in you if you are tempted in some area. Again, wrong thinking. To think that that, that because that you are tempted uh, in a certain area uh, that, that God is somehow disappointed in you. No, no, you see, God understands that temptation is a part of life here on earth. And, and God knows that it is the devil's job to tempt us. Amen. So God is not disappointed in you if you are tempted in a given area. Another thing that is wrong thinking and that is that that when you are strongly tempted that that when you are strongly tempted in a certain area that it's just as if you had yielded to the temptation. Because the urge is so strong, because, because the desire is so uh, intense, because you are strongly, so strongly tempted in that particular area uh, that it, well, you know, it's just like I had yielded to temptation. Not so. Not so. And number four this morning, that is, that if you are spiritually mature, you will no longer. Be tempted. Some people think, well, I, I must really be immature spiritually or I, I wouldn't be, be tempted. I, I, if only I were more spiritually mature, I, I would no longer be tempted. Sorry. You see, Satan loves to go after the spiritually mature with intense temptation. Because, you see, he knows that spiritually mature saints have many followers that look up to them. And he knows that if he can cause a mature saint to fall, that the failure of the mature saint will cause many of his followers and many of his admirers to fall as well. See, see, no one was more spiritually mature than Jesus was, and yet the devil went after him with a vengeance in the wilderness temptations recorded in Luke chapter 4. How will we overcome temptation? It begins by abandoning wrong thinking in this area. We've got to get our thinking right in the area of temptation. See, wrong thinking can cause you to fail the test before the test even begins. Now let me give you another key to overcoming temptation. Number two, you need to acknowledge your weaknesses. Acknowledge your weaknesses. You, you better know what your weaknesses are because the devil certainly does. James 1 and 14 says that each one is, is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and Enticed. Notice the word enticed. So ask yourself, what entices me? What entices me? What are the things that pull on me? What are the things that are attractive to me? What are the things that are genuinely a temptation for, for me? Because you see, the things that tempt me may or may not tempt you. The things that tempt you may or may not tempt me. And we've got to discover what it is, uh, you know, that entices us. What it is uh, that pulls on us and that is attractive uh, to us. Now, to Samson, it wouldn't take a, riot, a rocket scientist to discover his weakness, and his weakness was women. And although his weakness was women, yet over and over and over again he flirted with the wrong kind of women until one day he gave in to a deceitful woman and shared the secret of his, of his strength, which eventually led to his downfall. So ask yourself this morning, what, what is my weakness? What is it that entices me? Where am I vulnerable? And let me tell you this, it may not even be something bad. It might not even be something bad. It might just be something that is out of balance in our life. You see, even good things can take control of our life sometimes, not just bad things. Remember what I always say. It's not just what we do that gets us in trouble, but what we we overdo. Some of you are finally getting it. Let me me give you another key this morning to overcoming temptation. Number three, ask God for help. Ask God for help. Come clean with God. Uh, Let me tell you that he knows already. And and one of the names of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is, is counselor. Counselor. So let let me admonish you this morning. Crawl up on the counselor's couch and pour your heart out to him. Tell him your weaknesses. Tell him what entices you. Tell him about the temptations that are pulling on you. He already knows it anyway, but come clean with God and tell him. And then once you have told him, once you have come clean and once you have told God what you are struggling with, then ask him for help. Tell him, God, I, I just cannot resist this temptation all by myself. God, God, I'm no match for this temptation all by myself. God, God, I, I by myself, I'm going to fail. I'm going to yield to the temptation. God, I need you to help. Jesus said, "Pray like this," Matthew 6:13. He said, "Pray, don't let us yield to temptation, but, but, but rescue us from the evil one." And 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says the Lord knows how to rescue the righteous out of temptation. I'm telling you this morning that no matter what it is that you are dealing with, no matter what the temptation is, no matter what uh, the, uh, that you are drawn to, no matter what is pulling and tugging on you today, I'm telling you that God is available to you and God will help you today. He will, em- he will enable you and He will empower you and He will help you rise above the temptation and help you Overcome it. Thank you, Lord. Notice another key to overcoming temptation. This, this is a biggie. Turn to your neighbor and say, This is a big one. If you're going to overcome temptation, number four, anticipate vulnerable times and places. Yeah, but that's not right. (laughs) Anticipate vulnerable times and places. There are certain times and places where we are more susceptible to temptation than at other times or places. Let me say that again this morning. There are Certain times and places where we are more susceptible to temptation than at at other times or places. For example, David's temptation to lust after and and then uh, to have an affair with Bathsheba took place when he should have been somewhere other than where he was and he should have been doing something other than what he was doing. 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1 says that in the spring of the year when kings go out to battle. Notice the phrase, in the spring of the year. Notice when kings go out to battle. David's the king. But it says David sent Joab off to battle. But he stayed in Jerusalem. David should have gone to battle. David should have been with his men. That was his responsibility. That's where he should have been. You see, David never would have even seen Bathsheba if he had been where that he should have been and if he had been doing what he should have been doing. Let me ask you, why, why was David walking around on his rooftop anyway? Was he bored? Was he bored? He's not doing what he ought to be doing. He's not doing what he should be doing. Is he bored? Is that why he's up there walking around? Why is he up there walking around? Is he up there walking around because he's unable to sleep? Because he's feeling guilty? Because he is shirking his responsibility by not going off to war? See, there are certain times and places when we are more susceptible to temptation than at other times. Like when we're off on a business trip out of town and we're all alone. And we're in the room and we're all by ourselves and there's the television and there's the dirty movies. Or there's the bar downstairs. Or whatever. We're off on a business trip, we're out of town, nobody knows us, we're all alone. Or maybe we're out on a business trip and we're with someone that doesn't have the same values that we do. And where we would never ever do it on our own by ourselves perhaps, but now we are being pulled on by our buddy or our friend or our coworker whose values are not the same as ours. Or when it's late at night and everybody else in the house is asleep. Or just after an extreme high or an extreme low emotional time and our adrenaline is running on high or running too low. Talking about overcoming temptation this morning, it's very important that we learn to anticipate vulnerable times in our lives when our defenses are down uh, and we would be an easy target for the enemy. See, he's studying us. You can count on the fact that the devil is studying you, you can count on the fact that the devil knows you. Up and down and in and out and frontwards and backwards. The devil is studying you. You can count on that. So you better study yourself. And when you study yourself, you need to make mental notes of the vulnerable times in your life so that you can be ready and so that you can be on guard. Joseph seemed to do just that. In Genesis chapter 39, it tells us about Joseph running the affairs and running the household and running the business of the ruler Potiphar. And the Bible says that Potiphar's wife had eyes for Joseph. And the Bible said that not only did she have eyes for Joseph, but she made advances toward him. And the Bible says she even tried to seduce seduce him. But the Bible also tells us that Joseph was aware of the the potential problem here. He was aware of the potential affair. He was aware of the potential sin with Potiphar's wife. So Joseph avoided her as much as he possibly could. Genesis 39 verse 10 says she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. But notice the next phrase. I love the next phrase. It says, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. What was Joseph doing? He was protecting himself. He was anticipating vulnerable times and places. Hear me, sir. If you're attracted to your secretary, if you're a married man and you're attracted to your secretary or the person in the next office, get yourself transferred. Or go get yourself another job. Don't accidentally bump into her in the break room. If you look in the door and she's in there, go to the bathroom instead. Or go back to work, take your break later. And don't go by her desk just to chat. You're setting yourself up. You know there's a spark there. And giant forest fires are started with one Little spark. In the old television show Hee (laughs) Haw, they had a character named Doc Campbell. And his patient said to him, Doc, I heard in three different places. And Doc said Then stay out of those places. (laughs) We're all aware of certain times and places where we are more vulnerable to temptation. Listen to Doc Benson today. Stay out of those places. Anticipate vulnerable times and places and don't allow yourself to be set up for failure. The fifth key to overcoming temptation this morning is activate precautionary measures. Activate precautionary measures. James 1 and 21 says, So get rid of all of the filth and the evil in your life. And Proverbs 14 and 15 says, The prudent or the wise carefully plan their steps. Set up boundaries in your life. Set up boundaries. Boundaries are a good thing. Boundaries tell you a lot. The boundary line on my property tells me, and others, where my property starts and where it stops. I can build here, but I can't build there. My neighbor can build over there, but can't build over here. Boundary lines are good. Boundary lines in sports tell you what is fair and what is foul. Tells you what is in and what is out. My wedding ring is a boundary. It tells me what I can and better not do. It tells me who I can be with and who I better not be with. So that some gorgeous woman won't hit on this handsome man. I have activated a precautionary measure. I wear a wedding ring. And the wedding ring is a boundary. And a wedding ring says, he's taken. I've set up a boundary. My front door is a boundary. It says, you can't come into my house unless I unlock the door, open it, and invite you in. Let me ask you this this morning. Do you leave your doors open and unlocked at your house? Do you have a big banner that is hanging over your front door that that says something like, Come on in, Mr. Thief. You are welcome here. Take anything you want. Do you? Of course not. That's absolutely ridiculous. Most of us have at least two locks on every door. We have security systems. We we have some kind of a gun or a weapon. What are we doing? We are activating precautionary measures. So let me ask you this this morning. If you go to this, this trouble to make sure that your family is safe, if you go to this trouble to make sure that you secure your stuff, why in the world would you do less for yourself? Why would you leave your integrity and your character and your reputation and even your very soul open and unlocked and unsecured and available and vulnerable to temptation? Why wouldn't you activate precautionary measures and do everything humanly possible to ensure yourself against undue and unnecessary temptation and especially in the areas where you have acknowledged your weakness? If you struggle with pornography, make sure your computer is in a place in your house where everybody can see it. You ain't got time to take off the porn. It's not hid in some bedroom back in the back. It's out in the open somewhere. It's facing so anybody could walk by at any moment and see what is happening and what is going on and what is on that screen. And at work, make sure that that screen is facing where anybody who walks in your office or walks by your cubicle can see what's on your screen. Amen. Amen. Billy Graham made it a practice. never be alone when he traveled 24 7 when Billy Graham is traveling he has a traveling companion for accountability he gets a motel room that has two beds in it he sleeps in one The other guy's in the other bed. He's never alone. Not in the restaurant. Not in the cab. Not in the motel room. Never ever is he, when he's traveling 24-7, he has somebody beside him. Amen. What is he doing? He's activating precautionary measures. Thank you. Billy Graham. The sixth key this morning to overcoming temptation. Associate with positive influencers. Proverbs 12 and 26 says, The godly give good advice to their friends, the wicked lead them astray. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I have made it a practice for the past 30 plus years to develop friendships with people that can add value to my life. I try to develop friendships with people that can add value to my life. People I can learn from. If at all possible, I want them to be at a different level than me. A higher level than me. So I can learn from them. So I can glean from them. People I can learn from. People who possess wisdom. People who are not always in the middle of some type of controversy. Controversy. I learned that as an early, in an early age in ministry when I aligned myself with the wrong ministers who were anti-district and anti-this and anti-that and anti-something else. and I found myself being anti-district and anti-this and anti-that until I discovered that my problem was my alignment. So your car can wobble and it can go from side to side and it can just really, you know, uh, be really weird to handle. And you think, man, I've got a major crisis with my car. It's going to cost me thousands of dollars to fix my car. When you discover that all the problem is with the alignment. <laughs> Help me, Mr. Mechanic, here's the alignment. <laughs> we'll wear out your tires. will wear out your... T- this is off cuff here this morning. I think it's pretty good. Your alignment is off. It'll, it'll wear the tires. You'll wear the tires out. You, you align yourself with the wrong people, it'll wear you out. Yeah. 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 It, it can do a lot of Well, I'm not a mechanic, so I better go on with this. <laughs> yeah, it can really mess things up, can't it? So, for at least the last 30 years... I've tried to develop friendships with people that can add value to my life, people that I can learn from, uh, people who possess wisdom, uh, people who are not always in the middle of some type of controversy, uh, people who love life. If you're down on life, I love you, but I ain't hanging with you. People who see the positive side of things and people of integrity, and people who are the real deal, and people who prove what they say, they prove what they say by what they do. Listen to me. You either set yourself up for success or you set yourself up for failure by the people you align yourself with. You should have a genuine love and compassion for everybody. Be friendly and be kind to everybody. And especially here because we're the grace place. So have a genuine love and compassion for everybody. Be friendly and kind to everybody. But I've said it a thousand times but some of you need to hear it again. Not everybody should be allowed into your inner circle. Not everybody should be allowed to speak into your life. Because the people you allow into your inner circle, the people that you allow to speak into your life, these people will have influence on you. And you will eventually take on their passions. I got a good buddy and he talks kind of funny on purpose. And I never talk like that on purpose, except when I'm around him and I don't even think about it, out it goes. There was a church in Lubbock years ago that the pastor didn't say amen, he said "Iman." And he had said it so many times and for so many years that when he needed an amen or an iman from his congregation, he would say to his congregation, iman, and the whole congregation would say back to him, iman. <laughs> some pastors, well, all pastors have their little sayings, but some of them I've heard them say, my God. Not to me, that's cussing. I don't say it. My God. I don't say it. I think it sounds terrible. I don't say it. I mean, I was raised up. You know, you couldn't say G Gee, or G-Wish or Golly or any of those. Things. I mean, those are terrible. <laughs> I was raised up old school. It's all right. It ain't all bad. It ain't all good, but it ain't all bad. And this preacher, his thing was, My God. When he was preaching, he go, My God. Friend of mine went to one of his services. Pastor preached an incredible message, including the my God. And when he finished, the man that was standing in front of him turned back to my friend and said, My God, what a sermon. Where'd he get that? Where'd he get it? God from his pastor. Amen. Why why do we have to be careful who we allow in our inner circle? Because the people that we allow to speak into our lives and allow into our inner circle, these people will have influence on us and we will eventually take on their passions. But not only will we eventually take on their passions, we will also take on their offenses. That's what happened to me as a young pastor in my early 20s when I started hanging around with the wrong crowd and they had an offense toward the district and towards the section and towards the leadership and so as I hung out with them, it didn't take me long until their offense became my offense. Am I saying the district is perfect? David, are you here? There's a district official sitting right back there. He signs my credential card. Am I saying the district is perfect? No. It's run by people. Do they make mistakes? Yes. So do I. So do you. So I'm going to be very, very careful who I allow in my inner circle. I'm going to be very, very careful who I allow to speak into my life, amen, because these people will have influence on me, and eventually I will take on their passions, and I will also take on their offenses. You see, the influencers in your life, they will either pull you up or they will pull you down. May I say the greatest influencer available to man is the Holy Spirit. And one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict man of his sin. And so, friend, the closer that we walk with God, the more we fellowship with God through His Holy Spirit. Oh, that equates then to the more sensitive that we will become to sin and the, the more power that we will have to overcome temptation. I love the story of the man who was teaching obedience to his dog. And so the man got a great big thick juicy steak. And he brought his dog in and he put the steak right under the nose of the dog. And the owner of the dog then said to the dog, No! No! And the dog would not eat the meat. But the dog was smart enough to know if he looked at the meat, if he smelled the meat, if he touched the meat, he would not be able to obey but will yield to the temptation of the meat. And so to refrain from eating the meat, the dog would not look at the meat, but rather the dog would look into the eyes and the face of its master. And only by looking into the eyes and into the face of its master, only then could the dog refrain from eating the meat. I'm telling you this morning, the devil is going to put meat in front of you today. The devil is going to bring the thing that you're most vulnerable about, and he's going to place it right under your nose. And I'm telling you that if you look at it, and if you smell it, and if you touch it, hey amen, you're not going to be able to resist it. The only way you're going to be able to resist temptation and overcome temptation is to make sure that your focus, Make sure that your eyes is not on the meat, but your eyes are on your master. Worship team, get back in place this morning. Friend, the only way to overcome temptation along with the other keys that I've given to you today is to focus on the face of your master. Don't look down at the temptation but look up to the eyes of your master. Master. And may I be bold enough to tell you this morning that if you're looking at the meat all week long and then just coming and looking at the Master once a week on Sunday or two times a month or three times or one time a month, some of you are like the little girl. You're already taking your little bites. Or the one little boy that said, I'm not going to eat it all, but maybe I can eat just a little bit, and they won't know and I'll get to, but I still get a little taste of it now. Problem of the little taste leads to a big taste. It's true. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, I just pray today that you will take the word that has been shared today. Not this little sermon that has been put together, but Lord, the true word of God that has come through using this sermon as a tool. God, I just pray you'll help us today. Holy Spirit, will you do your work of conviction? Holy Spirit, do your work of conviction in this room right now. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I know for a matter of fact that every person in this room faces temptation. When we think of temptation, we just our mind automatically goes to things like lust or pornography or adultery or drunkenness or drugs. And those are those are real. Yours might be overeating. Uh oh. Oops. You might be tempted to envy or be jealous. The list goes on and on. I need to spell it out for you. You know uh, where you're vulnerable. You know. Maybe your temptation is to cheat. And you've discovered creative ways to cheat. Still cheating. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed today. Nobody's looking about. I wonder how many in this room would lift their hand and say, Pastor. Wow. I am definitely battling temptation in a certain area of my life. I've recognized it. I know exactly what it is. Satan is tugging and pulling on me strong. I want to ask God to help me overcome temptation. Can I see your hand all over the room this morning? All over the room. How many? How many? More, more, more. More, more. Yeah. Hold steady with me just one moment. In the wilderness temptations of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 after Jesus had been tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights and after Jesus had won the battle and overcome in the area of temptation in verse 13 of Luke chapter 4 it says now when the devil had ended every temptation he departed from Jesus and I think the King James Version says for a season. This new King James says until an opportune time. Pastor, when am I ever going to get past temptation? Never. Because just because you win the battle today doesn't mean that it's over. It just means that you've won and the devil goes off and licks his wounds and Gets another strategy and figures out a different way. And he comes back again. I mean, we're talking Jesus here. And the devil didn't give up on him. He left. He stopped the temptation for then. And just waited for another more opportune time. You lifted your hand this morning. And it was probably a third of the congregation this morning, literally. Pastor, I'm dealing with temptation. I'm trying to overcome. And I want, I want to ask the Lord today to help me to overcome temptation in my life. I want you to come and stand in the front this morning. Come quickly. About a third of the congregation raised their hand. So come on. Come quickly. Move forward. Move fast. Move quick. Come on. Don't let the devil talk you out of coming. See, how many are coming now? You didn't even raise your hand. But you can come now because there's others coming. You don't have to be the first one. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. It's come up in a couple of sermons recently and here it is again in my heart. Somebody is angry at God. You're angry at God because you look at what others have and you don't have. You look at other people's kids and Everything seems to be going great for them and you're struggling with yours. Somebody else that always seems to get the promotion and get the raise and get the good job and get the nice house and show up with a new jacket. God, what about me? And you struggle with being angry at God. God, why is it everybody else and not me? And you struggle the temptation to be angry At God. I don't know who that is, but it's come up in a couple of sermons recently, and here it is again. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus for each one here today, Lord, that came forward this morning. God, they are battling in the area of temptation. Lord, I don't know if it's lust. Lord, I don't know, Lord, if it's drinking, if it's, uh, uh, if it's doing drugs. I don't know uh, if it's pornography. I don't know if it's jealousy. I-, I don't know what it is. I don't have a clue what it is this morning, but, but, but th- th- this, this front is filled with people that are struggling in the area of temptation. And I pray today, God, that they will ask you, they themselves will ask you, uh, Lord, to, to help them today. Help them today to overcome temptation. And, God, I pray they will overcome in this area. name of Jesus.